to all you to all you dads out there yeah even you thank you thank you for teaching us to fix it ourselves after you broke it yourself don't worry we won't tell mom thank you for teaching us how to throw that perfect game-winning spiral just like you did back in 84 consider us impressed thank you for rising to the occasion even when mom was out of town and that hair isn't gonna fix itself you worked wonders but those aren't the things we will remember you for we will remember the way you healed our owies and kissed it all better the way no antiseptic ever could we will remember the way you embarrassed us we know you're excited, but, Dad, people can see you. It's a low fence, and we have neighbors with two-story houses. They can see into our backyard. Oh, well. In the end, you always made us laugh. And we will remember the way you made us feel like royalty. Keeping that pinky up at tea time for two. Nobody rocks a beard and a tiara quite like you do, Dad. So to all you dads out there, oh, easy, Grillmaster, keep on daddy well happy father's day everybody hey let's let's do this if you're a dad in the house would you please just stand to your feet all the dads the granddads come on let's stand to your feet let's give all these men a warm round of applause and honor them bless you guys so honored and so thankful that you're here today and I hope you receive a lot of love and encouragement from the people that mean the most to your lives today. God bless you. You can be seated and also do me a favor and give those that are watching right now live a round of applause and welcome them into our worship experience. And we want to say happy Father's Day to some of the dads who are being a part of our experience here as well. And man, this is just an awesome time. I love Father's Day um, just because it's a special day in that uh, we get to really just show honor and show love to the men who have helped influence us, shape our lives, and invested so much into our hearts. And, and I know I wouldn't be where I am today if it hadn't been from my father. And I'm the youngest of four sons, and uh, so thankful for that legacy, so thankful for the generational influence and impact my father has had on me and my brothers. And just looking forward to what God wants to do in and through our time together today. Well, we are in a series. Actually, it's a theme that we've uh, really just set in place for the entire summer. We're calling it a summer of love. And today, because it's Father's Day, uh, I, I really want to speak to the heart of every dad and uh, every grandfather that's in, that's in this place. But I also believe it's going to be applicable uh, to all of our lives. And with that in mind, um, what I want to do is I just want to really kind of just share my heart because uh, when you think about love, and that's really the purpose of our whole series, is to challenge us to love better and to shine brighter. I don't know about you, but I can do a better job. I can get better at learning how to love people. Amen? I think we can all grow. I think we can all be stretched. I think we can all be challenged when it comes to loving God and loving people in a more powerful and effective way, the way God desires for us to do that. And so with that in mind, today what I want to do is I really want to share with you the single most important priority that a father can have. The single most important priority a father can have. Now, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, you really need to hear this. Because, listen, whether you're dad or not, we all need to hear it. Because this truly is the single most important priority 
Not only in the heart of a dad, but I believe in the heart of all of us. In fact, Jesus even emphasized that this is the single most important principle that we can live our lives by. In fact, if we don't get this right, we don't really get anything right. And so with that in mind, what I want to do is I want to share with you a very powerful and yet I think a very practical couple of verses of scripture with you that Jesus underscored to help reinforce the fact that this without question is the single most important priority in our lives. Now there was a guy who was considered to be a, a religious scholar. He was, he was, he was a, uh, an expert, if you will, in Jewish law. And he approached Jesus. Now, there was a lot of controversy, a lot of uh, dialogue, a lot of conversations going on, uh, um, going on among some very, uh, very smart, intellectual, uh, scholarly type of people. And there was a little bit of a controversy and rift going on, a debate going on between what was referred to as the Sadducees and the Pharisees. How many of you ever, maybe you've been reading the Bible, especially if you read in the, in the New Testament, you'll see a lot of references or mention of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And what's interesting is a lot of people sometimes will kind of clump them into the same category, but there's a difference. The Sadducees were people that really only believed in the first five books of the Old Testament. That was their, that was their belief system. They, they pretty much held everything re related to their beliefs and their view of God based on the first five books of the Old Testament. Now, the Pharisees took it a step further. They not only believed the first five books of the Old Testament, but they strongly believed in everything that followed, all the prophets and what they, had, what they had prophesied and what was already put in place in terms of future writings of things to come. And so they embraced that, but they even took it to the extreme where there were over 600 laws that they had not only embraced, but 600 laws that they were constantly discussing and evaluating as it related to what law was more important than the other. And so this very religious, astute, religious scholar, a Jewish expert in law, approached Jesus. And he asked Jesus a question. In many ways, he was trying to ask a question that was putting Jesus somewhat in a trap to contradict himself. And so he asked Jesus the question, he said, what do you claim to be the single highest, most important principle or law in all of the Bible, in all the scriptures? And Jesus quoted this verse in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. He said, he said, to love the Lord your God, notice carefully with all of your passion and prayer and intelligence. And notice he said, this is the most important, the first on any list. But there is a second to sit alongside it. And he said, to love others as well as you love yourself. These two commands are pegs. And everything in God's law and the prophets hangs from them. So in essence, what Jesus was saying is this. If you get these two things right, if you understand the importance of loving God and loving people, then those two things in and of themselves will take care of everything else. Loving God and loving people. Loving God with all your prayer, all your intelligence, all your passion. Loving God with everything you have and loving people just as much as you love yourself. Now I find that interesting that Jesus would emphasize as much as you love yourself. And I think the reason why he threw that in there is simply because he knew that there would come a day when people would distort God's love, they would distort the truth of what true love is all about. And what Jesus emphasized was this. He said, you know, there will come a day 
because of the sinfulness and because of the darkened hearts of, of all of us. In fact, we all have a heart that's, that, that, that's darkened by sin. We all have a bent towards badness. And because of that, what happens is we're other than loving God and loving people in the way God intended, we have a tendency to turn our focus away from God and even turn our focus away from people. And what do we like to do? We like to put the focus on ourselves. Now, to prove my point, how many of you ever had a family portrait made? You ever had a family portrait? Well, if you, haven't, if you don't have a family portrait, you need to get one today. It's Father's Day, all right? You get a family portrait with Dad today. But here's the deal. If you've ever taken a picture, how many of you ever, how many of you, let's do a little throwback. How many of you remember back in the day, you know, before everything was digital and you had to wait, like if you took your class pictures, you remember like when you were in middle school and maybe elementary school and you'd have the whole class picture, but you'd have to wait for months, you know, before the photographer would actually give you the final product. Or in the old days, you know, you'd take a picture with a, you know, that had film in it, this, this kind of stuff you put into a camera, you know, some of the younger generation, we know what you're talking about. But, but, you know, then you'd have to take it to a place like CVS and, you know, and, and you'd get it back a few days later, maybe a week later. But, you know, when you got your picture back, you got your portrait back, or you got your class picture back, let me ask you a question. Come on, let's just get honest, let's get real. Who is the single, look, who do you actually look for first in the picture? Yourself. Yourself. Man, you're looking at your hair. You're looking at your makeup. You're looking at your smile. You're looking at how you're presented. You know why? Because we like ourselves. We like to be preoccupied with ourselves. We have a tendency to be very self-focused. And that's the reason why Jesus said, hey, the single most important thing you can do, the highest and greatest priority of your life is to love God and to love people as much as you love yourself. Because if we can learn to turn the focus away from us and upon God and upon loving people, and what kind of world would we live in today? Think about how much greater it would be. Think about how much more influence we could have if people saw that we just love God and we love God better and we love people more effectively. That's what God desires. And so today what I want to do for a few moments is I want to share with you three principles, what I call three father facts, that I think are very, very applicable to each of our lives. If you're taking notes today, here's the first thing I want you to jot down. The best use of your life and mine, you ready for this, is love. The best use for your life and for mine is love. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 says it this way, Let love be your highest, say it out loud, goal. So the Bible says that our highest aim, our greatest goal should be to love. Now, what's interesting is that in order for us to be a loving person, in order for us to really love God in a way that we could or should, we got to focus on it. In other words, we got to love Him with all of our prayers, listen, with all of our passion, with all of our intellect, loving Him so that of the overflow of our love relationship with God, it spills over into the lives of others. There's no way in the world we can be effective in loving people until we really understand the importance of loving God with all of our passion, all of our prayers, and all of our intellect. Because if we understand how to love God better, we're going to learn how to love people better. And the Bible says the greatest use, the highest use of our life is really to be about love. You say, well, why is that so important? Well, there's some things I want you to jot down. The first is this, simply because it validates our faith. 
You see, love, if we genuinely love God and love people, when we live that way, here's what it does. It actually authenticates, it validates our faith. Recently, I went through the process of getting my passport. Have you ever, have you ever, how many of you have ever gone through the process of getting a passport before? We've all, we've all you know, gone through that process. I mean, it's, it's, it's a process. I mean, they, they, I mean, especially now more than ever, I mean, they want to check you out. You got to submit all the proper documentation. You got to have the correct, you know, uh, you know, the passport photo approved, you know, photos that you send in. I mean, they, they, I mean, they, they interrogate you because they want to make sure that you are who you say you are. The same is true when you go up to an ATM machine. You don't walk up to an ATM machine and say, hey, give me some money. No, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Man, we'd all be running over to the ATM machine right now. But no, it doesn't operate that way. When you go up to an ATM machine, what do you do? You have to put in your PIN number. Why do you have a PIN number? Because that PIN number, it validates that you are who you claim to be, that you are actually connected. You're associated with that specific bank account. And so when you put in your PIN number, what is it doing? It's validating your identity. Well, guess what? We don't get to heaven just because we want to. No one gets to heaven just because they were raised in a Christian home or because maybe they attend church or maybe because they're a good person. No, the only way we get to heaven is through the validation of our hearts. Because what Jesus did on a cross, he paid the ultimate price, the sin debt for you and for me. And the only way we get to heaven is by having a born-again experience. By receiving Jesus who died on the cross and who was raised back to life by faith. We're embracing that, believing that, and we're holding that in our heart. We are putting our faith and our trust in the person of Jesus. And as a result, by putting our faith in him, guess what? God's spirit takes up residence in our hearts. So the Holy Spirit is what validates our faith. And through the love that we have for God and the love that we have for people demonstrates to a lost and dying world that we are who we say we are as followers of Jesus Christ. So here's the thing. I got a pin number for you. You ready? The only way you're going to get to heaven is if you got the right pin number. It's a five-digit code, and here it is, J-E-S-U-S. And you share that with everybody you come in contact with. You don't keep it to yourself. No, 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 no. You share that pen with everybody because Jesus is the key to getting to heaven. So with that said, when we think about our life and how we're to live our life, the Bible says the best use of your life and mine is love. And one of the reasons for that is because it validates our faith. The Bible says it this way. The Bible says in 1 John 4, excuse me, 1 John Chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another. Because God is love. And everyone who loves, notice carefully, is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. And the one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. And so when you think about our faith and the love that we have for God... By loving God and loving others, it validates our faith. And the second thing it does, and the reason why it's so important, is because it also brings our life into focus. It brings our life into a very single-minded focus. We live in a fragmented, very distracted world and culture today. 
And if you're anything like me, you, you get pulled in a lot of different directions. We have a lot of commitments, a lot of things that we say yes to. And so as a result, because we're busy and maybe because we're pulled in a lot of different directions, we like to compartmentalize our time and our commitments. So for some of us, we have this area of our life that's kind of our faith life. So we go to church on this particular day of the week, and as a result, that's kind of our spiritual time. That's, that's the compartmentalized spiritual faith aspect of our life. And then we go over here, and we got our career, we got our work area of our life, and we kind of focus on that. And then we come over here, and we got our family life and all the commitments and everything that goes on with that. And then we go over here, and then we got our financial world, and we have to, you know, organize and keep track with all the financial obligations and commit to commitments and responsibilities that we have. And then we go over here, and we got our recreational, you know, side and all the things that we're committed to over here. And before you know it, we have all these different commitments in all these different areas of our lives. And so often what we do is we give God just a little small area or percentage of our time and our focus and our commitment. And what God wants us to understand is that we're not to love Him just one day a week. We're not just to love Him, you know, when we got time or if we've put it into our calendar. No, 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 no. No, he doesn't want to be just a part of your life. No, he wants to be your life. He wants to be at the core of everything that you are and everything that you do. He wants everything to orbit and revolve about around your relationship with him. Because he knows that if you love him with all of your prayer and all of your passion and all of your intellect, he knows from that relationship is going to overflow into all the other relationships in your life. And because it not only validates your faith in who, that, who you are and, and that you are who you say you are as a follower of Jesus, but it's going to bring your life into focus because it helps you now because your priorities are in line with His. God's, God's priorities now become your priorities. Guess what? Now you're able to focus your life and you're able to say no to the good so you can say yes to the best and live your life for an audience of one. And so today, when you think about it, the best use of life is love. Why? Because it not only validates our faith, but it also brings our life into focus. Colossians 3.14 says it this way, Love is more important than anything else. It is what ties everything completely together. Another reason why that's so important is because God has forgiven us. Therefore, we now can forgive others. My in-laws were just in town. And my in-laws are, they're like serious travelers. It's amazing. They travel literally all over the world. And, um, but I've always been amazed at how they travel because you would think that after as much travel, that, uh, travel as they've done, that they would really, you know, learn how to pack tight. I mean, you know, less is more kind of a mindset. No, 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 not them. I mean, they, they, they take everything in the, and the kitchen sink with them. And I'm, I'm telling you, I went and picked them up at the airport here recently, and it's just two of them. And they had, I mean, like the largest the airlines will let you get away with. I mean, these massive, like hard shell, hardcore suitcases, packed to the gills. I'm telling you, packed. And so I'm like, I'm like doing everything I can to get these suitcases into, loaded into my, my, my car. And I'm thinking, what in the world? Are you packing in here? And my mother-in-law said, oh, well, I brought Rebecca's dishes from her wedding with me. I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. 
Why in the world would you pack her wedding dishes in your suitcase? Didn't even make sense. I mean, I thought for sure they'd be shattered. And, and, and then my, 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 grand, my, my father-in-law, he opens up his suitcase. And you, know, you ever been to Sam's? You know, the thing about Sam's is you buy in bulk quantity. So if you get like, you know, if you get like these uh, shampoo bottles, instead of getting the travel size, he'll bring the whole Mac Daddy shampoo bottle with him. I mean, they just pack it all in. I'm thinking, how in the world do you do what you do? I mean, I'm like get the chiropractor the next day after I help them with all their bags. But they literally just, they just go like from place to place to place. Just, they just take all their baggage with them. And that's kind of like a lot of people in their life. You know, they, they, they just carry their baggage with them everywhere. And the reason why their bags are so heavy is because they're still carrying stuff in the past. A lot of hurts, a lot of habits, a lot of hang-ups, a lot of issues, a lot of stuff they've never let go of. And because they're unwilling to let go of it, they bring it into their relationship with other people. It, it distorts their, their view and their identity of who they are in Christ and their perception of who God is. And so they just take their baggage everywhere they go. And what's sad is that when Jesus died on the cross, you know what he did? He said, hey, you want to know how much I love you? Let me show you. Let me demonstrate to you how much I love you. Here's how much I love you. I love you so much. And he stretched out his arms and he allowed the spikes to be driven through his hands and through his feet. He said, this is how much I love you. You know what that means? That means that when he said it is finished, that means your past, your present, and even your future sins. Listen, it is all covered. It is under the blood that he spilt for your sins and for mine. So if he forgives our sins, why do we keep nailing ourselves to the cross? Why do we keep condemning ourselves? Why do we keep bringing up the past? Why do we keep taking our baggage everywhere we go? You know what the Bible says? The Bible says it this way. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4, verse 8, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of what? Sins. Are you thankful for that? That God covers a multitude of sins? I don't know about you, but I got a multitude of sins that I'm guilty of. I mean, I, 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 got, I, got, I got issues. You got issues. In fact, if you don't think you got issues, that's the issue. <laughs> we all got issues. And the problem is, is that sometimes because of our issues, we have a tendency to condemn ourselves, or feel unworthy, feel unqualified. You know, this is Dad's Day, Father's Day. And by no means am I a perfect dad. I've messed up countless times. We'll continue to mess up. Recently, I was in the kitchen, and I can't remember exactly what we were talking about, but Luke came walking in, and I was in one of those intense moods. Just, I don't know if, you guys ever get intense? I get intense. I've been known to get intense. And so, um, so I got intense. And I directed my intensity toward Luke. And I said something to him and really had no relevancy to anything, but I just, I just vented my intensity toward him. And I said something to him in a way that I really shouldn't have said it. And even what I said was completely irrelevant to him. And I could, I could tell it affected him. It hurt him. Well, about 30 minutes later, I went into Luke's room, and I said, son, 
Because I want you to know that what I said and how I said it was absolutely wrong of me to do that. And I said, will you forgive me? And I love what Luke said. He said, Dad, I already did. And I wish, I wish we could have that same kind of response to people who have hurt us, people who have wronged us, people who have fallen short of our expectations. And you know what? I wish our response could be, hey, I already forgave you. I've already released that. I've already let that go. And I think it's so important that we embrace that because when you think about the importance of loving God and loving people, and let's be innocent of all things. Let's don't hold on to things. Don't, let's don't allow little grievances or, 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 or unconfessed, thing, unconfessed things or, or our shortcomings or someone else's shortfalls to, 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 to mess us up in our relationship with God and with each other. In fact, I love what you know, King David was, was a guy who was known as after God's, he was a man after God's own heart. But it's always interesting to me, the reason why I believe that God continued to bless him, even though he messed up, I mean, royally, I mean, he messed up. He committed deep sin. But, you know, through his confession and through his acknowledgement, here's what God did. God not only forgave him, but God continued to use him. And I think sometimes we feel like, you know what, because I've messed up maybe as a dad or maybe because... You know, I've messed up, you know, and letting other people down or there's some things in my past and disappointments that I have. Sometimes we, we want to we, we be, you know, we want to see ourselves as unqualified. But listen, God wants to not only forgive you, but he wants you to understand forgiveness so that you can be effective at forgiving other people. Because we'll never really be free to forgive others if we haven't really felt forgiven from God himself. And so when you think about the best use of life being love, the reason why that's so important is because it not only validates our faith and it brings our life into focus and because, because if God has forgiven me now that I can help forgive others, but another reason is because love is the only thing that's going to last forever. Think about it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, it says, three things will last forever, faith, hope, What's the third one? Love. And then it goes on to say to reinforce it, and the greatest of these is what? Is love. Is love. When someone's in their final hours of life, their number one request is not, hey, could you bring my investment portfolio in here? I want to look at it one more time. Or hey, could you bring that? Could you bring the could you somehow bring the condo into my into my hospice room here? They could give a flying rip about all that stuff. The only thing that they want and desire is to be surrounded by the people who matter to them. Why? Because that's the only thing that does matter. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Why? Because it is one of the only virtues that will last forever and forever for all eternity. And so when you think about the highest and greatest and most important use of life, it's love. And I think one of the things we have to realize is that not only is the highest use of, of, of your life and mine to be driven by love, but the best expression of love, you ready for this? Here's the second thing, is time. You see, the best use of life is love. The best expression of love is time. You know how to spell, t- you know how to spell love. It's spelled T-I-M-E. 
So the big question is, is what can we do to invest time in other people's lives to express our love to them? I love what the scripture says in 1 John 3, 18. It says, we must show love through actions that are sincere, not through empty words. In other words, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to show it. Now, I am somewhat on vacation right now. We actually started family vacation yesterday. I drove back in this morning so I could speak, and I have... Uh, I have a son-in-law I'm going to be picking up from the airport in a little while, and then I have a boyfriend that's going to be, not, I don't have a boyfriend, but uh, let me re, re, uh, redirect the phraseology of that one, all right? But my daughter's boyfriend's flying in. So, I'm learning a lot about this. The whole boyfriend thing, son-in-law thing, just getting started down this whole path. But my daughter who um, is newly married, my daughter Rebecca, she drove in early with me this morning. And um, she couldn't wait to go pick up her husband from the airport. My other daughter, she's been like watching her watch, I mean nonstop, <laughs> wanting to make sure her boyfriend's plane is going to be on time. She's already processing it. I mean, she, she can't wait to go, go pick him up, can't, can't wait to go see him. And I'm thinking, what about dad? Father's Day. It's like, who cares? And so here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you're in love, what do you want to do? Let, let me put it to you this way. What is most meaningful to you? What is it that you desire most when you're in love? Chocolate? Diamonds? Somebody said, yeah. I'll take a little diamond and some chocolates. All those things are great and good. But you know what? The greatest single thing someone desires when they're in love is what? Focused attention. You just want to be together. You just want to enter into each other's world. You just want to be there. And that's the way it is in our relationship with God. And that's the way it is and should be in our relationship with each other. Because when we have focused attention on God... And we're giving him everything that we are and everything that we have. And we love him all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength with our prayer, with our intellect, with our passion. And we give God everything that we are. It overflows into our greatest relationships with one another. And guess what? Because we're no longer living compartmentalized lives, now we're living lives in, with focus and priority so that we're prioritizing the most important people in our lives. And that's our spouses. That's our family. Listen, those are the people that matter. And the greatest gift that we can give to one another is time. It's our focused attention. We all get, they say, if we're lucky, 25,550 days in human life. 168 hours in a week. Now, we don't all get the same amount of days, but we all get the same amount of hours per week. And the big question is, is what are we doing today and what are we going to do today to spend time with the most important people of our lives? And on this Father's Day, guess what? The best use of our life is love and the best expression of our love is through time. So what can we say 
how can we say it that communicates you the most important thing to me? And you know what? Not only is the best use of life, love, and the best expression of love to be time, but the best time to love is now. It's now. I love what the scripture says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Therefore, whenever we have opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Not tomorrow, not next week, not when it's convenient, not when things settle down. No, when we have the opportunity, we ought to do whatever it takes to do good for other people. In other words, don't put it off. Don't procrastinate. Seize the moment. Take advantage to Take advantage of today. Maybe today you need to make that phone call. Maybe through technology, some of you maybe have a, an iPhone. Do a little FaceTime with your family, especially on a Father's Day. Call your dad. FaceTime your dad. Maybe this week you need to, maybe you just need to set aside some time to get with somebody that you've been thinking about. Maybe God's put in your heart. And maybe what you need to do is you need to take them out to lunch. You need to schedule a coffee with them. You just need to, maybe you need to write a note. I don't know, whatever it is that you need to do. Listen, don't put it off. Don't think about it any longer. Do it today. Because tomorrow may never come. The Bible says that life is like a vapor. It's here one moment and then it's gone the next. On this Father's Day, I can't help but think about my own father who went home to be with the Lord several years ago. And my brothers and I were actually texting this morning. And I'm so thankful that my brothers and I have the relationship that we have with one another. And... Um, I'm going to read you, and I'm going to close with this in prayer. This is a little bit of our text thread this morning. My oldest brother initiated the text, and he said, Happy Father's Day to you guys. We have so much to be thankful for. Hope you have a blessed day. And my other brother responded to that, Amen. <laughs> he said, Barnabas was filled with joy, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, strong in faith. That was from the brother above me. And then I responded. I said, amen to that. I'm getting ready to preach. Happy Father's Day to three incredible brothers and fathers. I love all three of you. The best is yet to come. And then my other brother closed it out and said, Happy Father's Day to the Gage Bros. I'm very proud of the great fathers that you are today. And I tell everyone, my best friends are my three brothers. I love each of you deeply. You know why we love each other that way? Because we had a mom and we had a dad that were not perfect, but they loved God and they did love each other. And they loved all four of us with everything they had. And they reminded us over and over and over how much they cared, how much they loved us. 
And now we're passing that on to our kids, to the next generation. Why? Because the best use of life is love. And the best expression of love is time. And the best time to love is not tomorrow, not when things settle down. It's now, today, today. Let's fire heads together.